Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt.co, this is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, Lab Behind the Atomic Bomb uses AI to take on illegal Bitcoin mining. Ripple co-founder warns the U.S. could lose a tech code war with China. And in our main story, the IRS puts cryptocurrency front and center of 2020. Coming up on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? I hope you had a great weekend. I had a great weekend planted by fall crops. That means some broccoli, cauliflower, beets, radishes, and some more lettuce, kale, spinach. I know that sounds super exciting, but I love my garden. If you have a garden and your tomatoes are probably getting nice and ripe, so you're understanding the joy of gardening. I know this is super interesting. So why don't we just cut the crap and get straight into the crypto prices? Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin, $11,743.64. Down 0.1% from last Friday. Pretty much a stable coin. Ethereum, 401.19. Down 1% from last Friday. Litecoin, 62.17. Up 2%. Chainlink, 15.16. Up 7.2%. And XRP, stablecoin in it out at the exact same price it was last Friday at 28.7 cents. Total market cap for all of cryptocurrency is $367.5 billion. Bitcoin dominance, 59%. In our main story today, we're going to look at the changes the IRS is making so you have to pay taxes. And for this chat, we reached out to the head of tax strategy at Cointracker to tell us all about it. Shihan, head of tax strategy of Coin Tracker, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. IRS puts cryptocurrency front and center of its 2020 tax return 1040s. You're going to have to check a box on their new forms that says, and I'm going to quote here, at any time during 2020, did you receive, sell, send, exchange, or otherwise acquire any financial interest in any virtual currency? Yes or no? Tell me about this form. Yeah. um, So again, this question isn't brand new. Uh, In 2019, uh, the same question appeared on Schedule 1 of your tax return. But starting 2020, it looks like the IRS is moving this question to the the front page of the 1040. It's still in its draft form. So these are not finalized forms. But I I don't think... um, anything's going to change drastically from, from this point onwards. So my, my hunch is that we, this question is going to get to the final forms as we see them in 2021 in, in its final form. Why is this even making news? I mean, everybody is supposed to be paying taxes on their capital gains, which is capital gains um, if you hold your cryptocurrency over a year. There's a different range under $40,000. Correct me if I'm wrong. Under $40,000, there's no capital gains. Anywhere from $441,000 and under is 15%. And over that is 20%. And if you hold it for less than a year, it's just counted as income. Am I, am I correct with this? That's right. Uh, the, the reason the, the reason why it's making news is that, first of all, I have never seen such a niche subject like virtual currency, like getting into the, the front page of 
the Form 1040 that you know, roughly 150 million taxpayers have to file. I, I haven't seen anything like that before. Um, and the, the other thing is when it was on Schedule 1, the people who needed to file Schedule 1 had to answer that question. So the people who had to file Schedule 1 are the people uh, who have like a business income or rental income. They had to report alley money income. They had to have some adjustments to their income and stuff like that. My hunch is that, like for, for example, if you just have like a W-2 income and you do a bunch of transactions with crypto, you wouldn't have to file a Schedule 1 because because you don't, you're not required to file, it, file a Schedule 1 and answer the crypto question. So in that scenario, uh, you would be somebody who's dealing with crypto and IRS wouldn't know your affiliation with it because you don't have to file a Schedule 1. So now by moving into page one of the return, now everybody is subject to answering this question because this is this is not a skippable question anymore. So I think I think that's one of the reasons why I find it very interesting. And also, again, it's it's a very, very tiny niche subject uh, when you talk about taxes. You know, there's so many other tax laws as PPP regulation that's coming out. I mean, you, you don't you don't see a question on page one saying, oh, did you receive proceeds through your PPP loan or anything like that? But you have a, you know, uh, virtual currency question on page one. So that, that shows me that how seriously they're taking this issue into consideration. Why do you think they're taking this issue such in consideration, as you just said? I mean, is it that they are worried about the actual growth of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and what it can do to the traditional financial systems? Uh, I think the main reason why they're doing this is historically the compliance uh, when it comes to cryptocurrencies have been like, you know, extremely, extremely poor. Uh, I think in 2015, 2016, there were like less than 1,000 tax returns filed with some type of uh, crypto transactions. I think the the number of people who are getting compliant has steadily improved, but those numbers do not reflect the actual number of uh, U.S. taxpayers who deal in crypto. Especially in 2020, I mean, we had the stimulus check and there were a lot of evidence showing that that money went into crypto. Uh, and some of the major exchanges, they reported their best years in 2020. So so I, I guess I was kind of gearing up because they know that this year, a lot of people you know stay from home. They, they invest a lot of money uh, and they're trying to capture that tax money uh, that, that they're eligible to get uh, by putting that question. So what do you think this question is going to do? What are the repercussions? Just give them a like, give them a know of how many or a feel of how many people are investing in cryptocurrency. Do you think that they're actually going to make people claim their holdings after they answer yes in future tax documents? What What do you think are the all long term repercussions of this? Yeah, I think mainly two 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 uh, two things that the IRS try to get out of this question. I mean, it's a yes and no question, so the IRS can like a simple query of you know. In 2020 tax year, uh, this many people said they had something to do with crypto. They can easily measure uh, the U.S. taxpayers who have some type of affiliation with crypto. Uh, and the other thing is that you know, just because you you say yes doesn't mean that you have to you know report any transactions. For example, you probably receive like a cryptocurrency gift uh, or donated crypto to somebody, and that would be a yes, but that has no tax consequences right now. So again. Data gathering is one, and and part two. This is actually one of the uh, one of the things that I that came out from one of the conversations that I that we had with the IRS. Uh, in, I think in 2019 uh, during uh, ASCP National Tax Conference. Uh, I don't remember the exact uh, personnel, but we asked uh, we asked the same question. In addition to data gathering, what are you trying to get out of uh, the answer for this question? And 
one of the IRS agents were like, uh, if somebody checks yes, their system knows that specific tax return has something to do with the, the crypto. For example, just to give you an example, somebody could be selling, could be like an active trader, and they would report those transactions on Form 8949 as Schedule D. However, an IRS is not sophisticated enough to identify that that person reported anything to do with crypto on their Schedule D or 8949 unless they specifically notify the IRS through that question, I had something to do with crypto. So those are the two reasons why those, that question is in place. Justin Wales, a crypto and First Amendment lawyer, he, he, he said this. He said, IRS asking for U.S. residents to declare all crypto is as inappropriate as asking citizens to declare all email addresses and social media handles. I, I kind of understand that. I understand that you wouldn't want everybody to have all your email addresses or social media handles. It's just just like your Bitcoin addresses or your Ethereum addresses or, or what have you. Those are your, like your private transactions, like asking for your bank account numbers or your credit card numbers. It seems like an infringement of some sort of personal or civil rights. Would, would you would you not say? Um, yeah, I, I saw his tweet. Right now, I don't think IRS is asking information in that much detail. You know, they're just asking a simple question. Hey, did you have any affiliation with cryptocurrency? Yes and no. Um, I mean, if somebody says yes, IRS is not asking you to attach all your wallet addresses and transactions and everything. I mean, obviously, if that's a taxable event, that's something you need to report for, for any asset. And the other point is that IRS has done these type of things for other type of uh, incidents. Like, for example, if you look at Schedule B, there's a question that asks taxpayers, do you have any foreign financial assets, uh, you know, in other countries? That question is perfectly fine because, you know, the IRS, by doing that, they're trying to find tax evaders. Uh, they're trying to find uh, people who are involved in these, you know, terrorist financial type of schemes and et cetera. So the, the way it is written right now, I don't see it's being, it's that detailed enough to, you know, to damage First Amendment rights and et cetera. It's just simply asking, did you deal with cryptocurrency? Yes and no, that's it. So going on to the other side of the ar argument, because I'm just a devil's advocate, you yeah. know, when you come up, talk about crypto and taxes and the government and things like that, crypto Twitter or people in crypto get really bent out of shape. But isn't this one of those no crap statements or no crap like uh, situations where, of course, you're going to get taxed on it, just like if you get, get taxed on traditional stocks or your rental income or anything else like we know you're going to get taxed. But so why is everybody bent out of shape or even making this a big deal? Why is this even in the news? This is an obvious situation. From from tax point of view, as a, as a tax practitioner, as a CPA, I think this is a big enough thing to make it to the news just because of the fact that they moved it from like a supplemental like optional schedule to the, the face of form 1040 so just because of that i think it's it's newsworthy and and like i said if you go to crypto twitter i mean a lot of people they are not the you know biggest fans of taxes uh you know whenever you mention about crypto taxes you know uh, it, it's bad you know they, because the crypto and taxes they don't go together because uh, the whole the crypto whole you know blockchain everything is based on you know decentralization you know there's no central authority so something like IRS and you know imposing taxes by a central authority those things are not compatible with, with that whole crypto community but the, the unfortunate reality is that you know if you're if you're a U.S. resident and if you're making these transactions and you had to pay your fair share of taxes whether you like it or not the, the solution for that issue is to do something called tax planning. Just like you have to pay taxes, there are other 
loopholes and tax strategies you can use to register your tax bill legally by you know by by creating crypto, uh, by using you know different types of cost allocation method like FIFO, LIFO, and etc. So and then the other thing is that this is something that a lot of people forget about too. I mean right now everybody's like okay market is going up I don't want to pay tax but if you do file your return when the market is going down you can write off those losses in your taxes and actually get a refund. So the point being is that like you, you can't say something is bad when you had to pay taxes and um, and uh, you know you had to re- if you're filing for taxes you had to you had to file the gains and you know when the market is bad you can get the advantage by writing off the losses. So. What advice would you give to somebody that said you know what I'm in crypto because I am betting against the Fed I'm betting against the government no IRS you know live live free or die. What would you what would you say to somebody that says I'm not I'm not claiming my crypto taxes? Yeah, I mean, again, we come across those people who had that mindset a few years ago, and those are the people who are getting these tax notices. They are getting audited. Uh, they had to incur you know legal fees and accounting fees to clean up their mess. Again, if you think it's worth going through that hassle, you know. Yeah, feel feel free to follow that mindset. Uh, in my opinion, I don't think it's worth the cost. Um, I think right now everybody is so early into this space. Even after you pay your fair share of taxes, there's enough growth in this entire space to make a significant amount of money that could change your life. That's how I see it. IRS, you know, they're pretty aware of it. You know, they're they're not new to this space anymore because the first guidance came out in 2014. So since then, they have slowly accelerated their, you know, the issuance of guidance and etc. So final advice for you is that you know use a crypto tax software or some sort something like that. Connect your wallets and exchanges. Make sure you figure out your gains and losses accurately. File your taxes and at the same time. Use tax law and tax strategies to advantage. Reduce your tax bill. Right on. Shihan, thank you very much for your time and your advice. Okay, thank you. And in other news, Curve founder sees a 71% of the Curve DAO voting power. The founder of the DeFi platform, Curve, took more than two-thirds of Curve's DAO voting power. The move appears to be an overreaction to Yearn.Finance attaining close to 58% of the voting power. The founder says, end quote, Terribly sorry. Let's fix that. I mean, I could abstain for voting, but better to fix it in a proper way. End quote. Basically, he said, my bad. I took all the power. I'm going to hold on to that until I can find a better way to do this. What they say in crypto? Beware of the benevolent dictator. Lab behind the atomic bomb is using AI to take on illegal Bitcoin mining. Los Alamos researchers found a way to stop crypto miners from infecting supercomputers. Crypto miners are using supercomputing power to secretly extract crypto, such as Bitcoin. The Los Alamos researchers claim their AI-based solution is superior to more conventional protection. I'm just thinking, how do I use a supercomputer to mine Bitcoin? Hmm. Maybe I'll look into that. That's jokes, government. If you're listening to my podcast, that's only jokes. Jokes. And finally, Ripple co-founder warns the U.S. could lose a tech cold war with China. Chris Larson claims that China and the U.S. are in a technological cold war. China has near ubiquitous use of digital payments and an upcoming digital yuan, which could threaten U.S.-led financial systems. Larson also argues that China's control of cryptocurrency hashing power could enable it to meddle with transaction. So here is my two cents. After living in China, everything is digital. WeChat, Alipay. From everywhere from McDonald's, to the corner store, to taxis, to fine dining restaurants, to movie theaters, everything is done with digital payments. 
the renminbi or the fiat currency yuan and their coins is rarely touched, used, or transacted anymore. Even a mom-and-pop pop-up store from migrant workers that made it out of plywood still has a QR code so they can take payments digitally. I personally think that the US ban on TikTok, Huawei, and WeChat has more to do with payments and global control of payments, the dominance of the US dollar, than it has to do with Chinese government spying. Chinese's collaborations and partnerships and investment in developing nations is allowing them to set a foothold to spread the digital currency, the UN. America has not made those leaps. It never felt it had to. Therefore, it is now protecting its dominance of the US dollar. This is interesting, and I really do think it is a possibility that the Chinese UN and the US dollar could be competing head to head for global dominance in the future. But Chris Larson, seriously, arguing that China's control of cryptocurrency hashing power could enable it to meddle with transactions? Sure, on some chains, yes. We just saw an F Classic attack for basically peanuts. However, Bitcoin? I really don't think that China has enough control to meddle with Bitcoin. So, the bigger the chain, the more nodes, the more decentralized, the safer. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. You can follow me, Twitter, at the Decrypt Daily. And don't forget, send me an email, matthewaron at decrypt.co. We'll see you tomorrow. Happy hodling.